The Poe Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power. Popolitikin.com Donald Fusilier, I'm on Popolitikin. Check him out. Welcome back to Popolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you subscribe to our app, download, like, subscribe to this interview. I'm now politicking my homie Donald Fusilier. Fusilier. Fusilier, got it right. He, yeah. he plays for the uh, Iowa Barnstorm Stormers, and he's also, he has uh, his own business, Team Fuse Camp. Yeah. All right, man. So we about to just dig deep. So just let us know about your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm my, my name is Donald Fusilier. I'm originally from New Iberia, Louisiana. It's a little it's a little small town. Uh, I, I was in New Iberia. Grew up in New Iberia until I was about nine years old, and then we moved moved to Lafayette. Uh, man, that's when I uh, I started playing football at nine years old. So uh, after. Uh, after we after we moved there, uh, my mom my mom uh, used to uh, suffer uh, with uh, nervous breakdowns and different things like that. And um, like we were like back and forth between New Iberia and Lafayette. And uh, she she uh, she passed away in two thousand in two thousand and ten with a with a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I wound up uh, my 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 aunt. Uh, I, I stayed with her a lot of the time, man. I went to high school and stayed stayed with her in at Westgate uh, in New Iberia, Louisiana. And um, after after Westgate, I was a kid. Uh, I didn't get any scholarships coming out of high school, so I wanted to go to Southern University, but uh, the paperwork and everything like they was playing around with my paperwork. So I wound up sending in an application for admissions to Nichols State University, and after. Uh, about a couple of a couple of weeks uh, before school started, like a week before school started, I received the application for admissions to get into Nickel State, and I wound up going. To, I was just going to school as a, as a student there. But my ultimate goal was to to play to play in the NFL. I always wanted to play in the NFL, so I was just going to school, going to school. Then I wound up playing like uh, some intramural flag football, and guys were like. And you need to you need to go get on get a, get on the team, but at the time Nichols was running like an option offense. I played wide receiver. They never really they never really threw the ball. And um, at the time I was going out there to walk on, but um, it was something dealing with some type of insurance that I had to get, and I wasn't able to get it. So that that didn't that didn't work out. So back in 2016, um, that was like 20, no 2006. That was my last uh, semester at Nichols. I went home. And I was working at this movie theater 
the Grand Theater in, in Lafayette, Louisiana. Just going to school, and I wind up hearing about this semi-pro team called the, the Lafayette Hurricanes. So I went, I went there and did a, a tryout, and I played, I played with them in 2007, and I devised a plan. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give me some film and try to get back in the uh, college, try to get on a, a team and, and play some ball, so I can get uh, live my dream. So in the midst of that time. When I played for the Hurricanes, we made it to the uh, championship game and won the championship. I played in the All-Star game back in, it was 2000 and, it was 2007. It was July 2007 in Houston. I played in the All-Star game. Met this guy named Adrian Lunsford that played arena ball. And um, I was talking to him on and off, sent him my film. I got this guy before I went out there. Uh, I looked up a guy in the yellow pages, and he made a highlight tape for me. I sent him my film, and we put a highlight tape together. And I brought some some CD, some disc out there just in case I meet somebody, I could I could pass them out. So I gave one to Adrian, and just had him like review my film and stuff. And by me not playing ball, I could go to a junior college and automatically be eligible to play. So I had sent me me and my aunt, one of my mom's sisters, we put we put together these packages and started sending them to teams and different stuff like that and nobody nobody responded so i had been talking to adrian off and on for like six months we stayed in contact and then he only knew like he told me he only knew like some four-year schools and if i'd had to go to a four-year school right off back i'd have to sit out uh, uh maintain get 24 hours in the 2.0 so i could be eligible but i can go to a junior college and, and automatically uh be eligible right away so um, he introduced me to these guys that work for a recruiting service. I didn't know th nothing about recruiting services that kids without opportunities could actually pay somebody to actually get a scholarship, <laughs> get some exposure. So um, in the midst of that, he introduced me to this guy named uh, Ray Hardy. So I told my aunt about him, and she said I had nothing to lose. So he wanted me to go and wire him 300 bucks, wire him 300 bucks so he could he could get me in the school. So so me I had nothing to lose. I went to Walmart. I sent him the money. That day, five schools called me. Hmm. Five schools. It was it was there was four JUCOs and one NAIA school, and I chose Victor Valley College in California uh, because they showed the most interest. So um, I wound up going to I wound up going to Victor Valley back in back in '09. I played I played there in the fall of '09. Then I got a scholarship to. Lindenwood University, a four-year school down in St. Charles, Missouri. So in the midst of my my uh, my time that I spent at Nickel State and that one semester in junior college, you only get like a certain amount of uh, semesters to play mm -hmm. to play ball. It'll count against you even if you're not playing. Mm -hmm. So when I went to Lindenwood, it was going to be my last. The coach, he got it uh, situated to where I could. I could play and and uh, and I would use the fall semester 2010 as my last uh, eligibility uh, for uh, for competition. So in the spring of 2010, I enrolled in Lindenwood, went through spring practices and everything, and I went to summer school. And then I played. Uh, the fall semester was coming around, so there's a there's a period like around like it was like around July July uh, 29th. So where there's a dead zone where coaches and players can't have any contact. So this was July 29th. night. We had our last practices. Like we could formally like we can get together on our own, but coaches can't be present. 
So, uh, July 29th, that was the last, uh, that was the last practice uh, of, the, of the summer, really. And then uh, August 3rd, I found out about my mom, my mom's passing. I knew something was weird because I got a phone call in the morning. My mom would always, she would call me from the, from the house phone. So it was actually a call from my cell phone, but it was actually my brother. And he told me that my mom was, um, that she wasn't like she was, she wasn't breathing or anything mm -hmm. like that. So I'm, I'm a very positive person. I was, I was optimistic about it and I was like, she gonna, she gonna make, she gonna make it through. So about an hour later, he, uh, he called me back and, um, he said the doctor, um, the doctor said he's done all that he could do for her. So I was like, what'd that mean? And then he like paused for a second. I was like, I mean, she did. And he paused for a second. And he was like, yeah. And I was just like, man, I just dropped. I dropped to the floor. I dropped to the floor. My roommate at the time, I went uh, outside and I told my roommate. And then I wound up getting on the phone with my with my aunt. And uh, she was like, we got to get you home. So she was actually, she died on August the 3rd, a week before my birthday. She was buried on August the 6th. So I went back home and dealt with my mom's funeral and, and everything. And um, I, I was home with family and stuff like that. And once I got that situated, then I eventually came back, came back to school. We did, we did really good. Uh, we, we wound up finishing, uh, nine and two and we lost in the first round of the first round of the NAIA playoffs. Um, I went to Lindenwood. It was an NAIA school, a small four-year school, but we were ranked number, number two in the nation at the time. Um, so after that, I made a decision that uh, I'm gonna I'm try to pursue my my football career. So I started training and I got invited to this game, um, this All Star game called the All American Bowl. The game is normally played at the uh, at the Minnesota Vikings uh, the, the, their their stadium, but there was the time when the roof had collapsed. Mm -hmm. So they didn't cancel the game. What they did was they made us play at the Minnesota Golden Gophers practice uh, facility. The only thing with that, the roof was kind of uh, tight. So I was back there returning punts. Uh, the punter had to punt the ball like three times. He had to punt the ball three times because he kept hitting the ceiling. Mm. But we wound up playing the game. I, I I take that rather than them canceling the game. But we wound up playing the game. I started going to um, I started going to workout. So I found out about this this free agent workout uh, in Atlanta for some. It was for some Canadian football league and, and arena an arena league team. So. I went down to Houston and trained with one of my fraternity brothers. His name is TC. He um, he don't, uh, he works at uh, Optimum Pro Am Sports. He he trained guys like Vince Young and Fred Smoot who played for the Fred Smoot played for the for the Washington Redskins. Pretty good. And um, went down there trained trained with him for a little bit. Got ready for my workout. Got somebody to film the video and uh, put it on YouTube. And I just started. I just started uh, hitting up teams. I started hitting up indoor teams because I, I was humble enough that I was going to play somewhere. I just wanted to get seen so somebody can give me an opportunity. So I wound up going to – I was in the gym. I was at Planet Fitness in, on Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette, Louisiana. It was February 3rd. I did that workout on January 29th. This is 2011 now. So um, I got a call from John Blasey. He was the general manager at the time for the Wichita Wild. The, the team name is not a Wichita Force. Uh, they play in the uh, they play in the CIF as one of the indoor one of the indoor leagues, and um, he he told me that he was sending me over he was sending me over a contract. So 
Uh, I signed with I was signed with Wichita. That was the first team I played for. It was funny because my head coach picked me up from the airport. And he was like, where you going with all these baskets? Well, got, people don't understand. It's still like, it's how the NFL. You still, even if you get signed, you got to make the roster. Or you can be cut. Uh, yeah, you still got to make the roster. He's like, where you going on? And I was like, coach, I'm not going home. <laughs> I'm not going home. Like, I had confidence in myself. I'm going to make the team. It was the first time in my life that I was in a position where I wasn't I wasn't a starter. Like, uh, I did everything. Coach would tell me, like, you did everything. But he was going with, like, guys that was, veterans and stuff like that so i just stayed the course we started out the season we was zero and five and um they wound up letting go the head coach so they took the defensive coordinator and moved them to the uh to the head coach and there was this guy named wendell davis he's one of my good friends right now he played for the cowboys and the redskins and uh he played he went to the university of oklahoma and coach lawler who who wound up being the the intern and the head coach he uh he brought in wendell to be one of his assistants and we used to work out uh, before practice and do different stuff. And Wendell's like, y'all need to play this guy. So the first game after Lawler, he said, I'm going to go with some vets. They um, they won that game. And then from there on out, we had a game down in Allen, Texas. I got in during the, the middle of the game. The, the passes that they threw me, I caught. And then I, I, became, a, I became a starter. So then... But we missed the because we started out we started out zero and five. We finished six and three, but we missed the playoff by two games. But we wound up beating a couple of playoff teams at the end of the season. So I wound up signing back with uh, Wichita back in two thousand and twelve, and I got cut. So instead of uh, I didn't go home. I had a, an agent at the time. I called him, and he got some teams on the phone. And the team that had won before last year, Sioux Falls Storm, had won like six championships in a row before Arizona Rattlers came in from the Arena Football League and won the championship in the IFL. So I uh, went down to Sioux Falls. So how, how indoor ball works, you report to camp. It's two weeks basically before the first game. So your first week is really training camp. And the second week, although it's called camp, it's really the team that you're getting prepared for the you getting prepared for your for your first game of the season. So uh, I went down to Sioux Falls and you know I was already in camp with Wichita and um Coach called me, yeah, coach, uh, well, the coach from Wichita, I went downstairs, and he was like, I love you like a son, but we're going in uh, another direction. I'm not one of the kids to ever burn bridges, so I told him, thank you for your opportunity. Like, I don't, because uh, you never know who you'll run across uh, ever right. again down the line. So I, I go down to Sioux Falls. It's crazy how stuff works because um, I go down to Sioux Falls, but at the airport, the airport people are like, if you take this flight, that's an hour later. We'll give you four hundred and fifty dollars in uh in flight vouchers. So I took that. <laughs> I took that. So I go down. To, I go down to Sioux Falls. Uh, every ball they threw me, I caught every ball. But coach was just like it was a numbers game because you only keep you only keep like twenty one guys. So when camp start, you probably have like thirty five to forty guys, but you only keep twenty one on the roster. But nineteen dress on game days. So um, he told me it was nothing. He was like, it was nothing that I did wrong, but it was just a numbers game. I was the last guy out. So he was like, if you need me for a reference or anything, he was like, you can, he said, you can hit me up. Coach Riggs from Sioux Falls told me that. So at this point, I was just like, man, I humble myself. I need to play. I'll play in any league. Somebody, I just need somebody to give me an opportunity. So I went back. I went back to Wichita, got on the computer, Started contacting, started contacting teams. 
So I ran across this this team. There was this new league that was that was starting. It was called the Ultimate Indoor Football League, the UIFL. And there was one team, uh, the Florida Tarpons, that was based out of Fort Myers, Florida. So um, this guy named Brent Burnside, I would find what coaches had like Facebook pages, and I would send them my I would send them my film and stuff like that. And then um, he wound up he wound up hitting me back. And um, every, every time you have different living situations when when you go on these teams, uh, some teams are more organized than others. It's, it's basically get it how you live. It ain't even about the money. It's about it's really about getting the opportunity to be seen. Your film is more important than anything. So a CFL or NFL team could actually come out and get you. So he was just like, "Hey, come out. We're gonna make we're gonna make it work." So I go down to I go down to Fort Myers, Florida. The first two weeks, I slept on the floor. Mm-hmm. I slept on the floor. We were, they had a they had like a contract with the Microtel. So I go down there, I slept on the floor the first uh, week. So I wound up making a team that was out of me and this one dude. And I made, uh, I got the, uh, I passed my conditioning test. He didn't pass his conditioning test. I made a team. I actually caught the first touchdown. I actually caught the first touchdown uh, for Florida, uh, Florida ever. And I wound up finishing the game with five catches and four touchdowns. I actually led the league in touchdowns. I wound up having 30, uh, 32 touchdowns that year. Yeah. So we went undefeated, went to the championship game, and actually lost. We lost. So the coach that we lost to, his name is Billy Back. He's coaching for the Cincinnati Commandos. They had won like three championships in a row. So he got a job to the indoor football league. Like the, the indoor football league is the top, the top indoor, the top indoor league. And he got a, a he got a, a job with the Texas Re- Re- uh, Revolution at the time. So I um, I signed I signed with him. So I signed with them, and they after after camp, they let me go. They let me go. So um, I knew I could always go back to Florida. So I I went down to I went down to Boston for a little bit and trained. And then uh, when the season got ready for Florida, I went and played for Florida. We wound up going to the we wound up winning the championship that year. But in between that time. It was uh, 2013, April 2013. My grandmother passed away. Uh, went home, dealt with that, and I went down to. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with I- IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida. Mm-hmm. They really they they're the top. Like right now, they have the top rated high school football team in, in the United uh, States. But they're like a football factory. A guy named Chris Winkie started uh, IMG, played uh, quarterback for yeah, Florida State. Chris Winkie, yeah, yeah. So I went down and worked. I went down and worked out. Uh, for the for the Edmonton Eskimos, it it was it was crazy because I've been to paid workouts before. When you go, when guys go to paid workouts, it's basically you paying a hundred bucks. Probably have like one or two coaches there, and you may have fifty to a hundred guys there, trying to get one, maybe one spot, yeah. maybe one or two spots, and you, you go through a supplement of drills, and they decide if they if they're gonna sign you or not. So you got to do well. So. This workout right here, it wasn't a paid workout. My my junior college, the guy who who recruited me, Charles Walker at Victor Valley, that my junior college, he actually recruited Ed Hervey, who was the general manager at the time for the Edmonton Eskimos. So they got it set up to where I came in and did a workout at IMG. They were going through and doing a little spring. They were doing like some spring training with a couple of vets, but it was mostly like rookies and first year players that was. I was doing it, and so after it put me through a series of, of workouts. Uh, my favorite, my favorite college is the University of Miami. 
That's why I got the Miami hat on right now. Uh, but uh, Ja'Cory Harris, who was one of the quarterbacks at the University of Miami, he threw me. He was with Edmonton at the time, and he threw me. He threw me my passes. So I caught every ball. They basically they told me every. I did everything they needed to, and they basically told me like gave me a verbal like that they was gonna sign me. They was gonna sign me, and um, they told me the only thing they had to do was check with any of my 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 past coaches and just check. Uh, Check uh, like if I had any type of character issues, and I wasn't concerned about that because I don't. I'm, I'm coachable. I don't have those type of problems. So, um, so there was they. They told me that they were gonna that Tuesday. They were gonna go back. They were, they were gonna go back to Canada. They was gonna have their team meeting, and he was gonna be giving me a call on Tuesday. So, in between that time, man, I uh, when I left the workout, I called my dad, and I just I started crying. I'm like, man, I, I finally got my big break. Like, I'm going, I'm going to the CFL. But I, I held off, and like, I never told nobody anything. So, only person I knew was Coach Walker. And Coach Walker told me that Ed actually called him. Ed called him and actually told him, uh, like, hey, your boy did what he needed to do, and was like, it was it was good. So, I'm waiting for Ed to hit me up Tuesday. I didn't hear from him. So another week went by. I didn't hear from him. Coach Walker was like, don't worry about it right now because it still was like a month out. It was April. Rookies didn't have to report until like whenever they uh, get signed, rookies wouldn't have to report until like May, like May 20th, May 21st, around that time. So I, I didn't hear nothing from him. So he was like, man, shoot him a text because that's basically how they, those uh, like GMs and stuff, they they basically, uh, if it's not a text message, it's through email. That's how they respond back to you. It's, it's rare that you talk to somebody on the phone. So communication is done through there. So I hit him up and just like not try to make it seem like I was calling him to ask him about it. And then his response back was, uh, son, our roster is full. So when I talked to Coach Walker, he was like, I couldn't, he's like, he couldn't believe it. Like he was like in shock or whatever. So he was like, this is what you do. You should shoot him a text, tell him you'll fly yourself down to Canada for them just to put you on a practice squad just so you can get an opportunity. So then I, I sent him that I sent him that uh, info. Um, he he texts back a couple of days later. Son, our roster's full. Never heard never heard from him. Never heard from him again. Never talked to him. But that crushed me. That 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 crushed me. I really knew how cutthroat the professional uh, how the how the professional uh, industry is. How it is. It was cut. It's cutthroat. And that was tough. That that took that, that took that took a lot out of me. But I, I never let it stop me. So. I wound up going back, going back to Florida. We won the championship. Went back home. I was in Lafayette at the time, so I was in Lafayette. As soon as I get to the airport, I get a call from the the Arena Football League to come. They do like if, if somebody bring you in, they bring you in like on a three day waiver. So Orlando uh, had called me, and I'm like, I was already in. And four miles is crazy when they called me. As soon as I, I touched down at the airport, so uh, I was home for like a couple of days, and I went down to uh, Orlando. Did a did a workout for them. And they said it was more so for them to see somebody in case something happened to be later on down the future. So I went down, did that workout, and in between this season, I went down to uh, Mobile, Alabama, and worked out uh, for this coach for the Cleveland Gladiators. So after the season, I was looking and seeing, man, what uh, teams is not doing too hot at the end of the season that they might bring in some guys in the in the big arena league that played on TV. So um, Cleveland was one of the teams, and I wound up talking to Coach Seleski, and I was like, Coach, would you be interested in bringing me in? So they brought me in on what they call a three-day waiver, and they bring guys in on a three-day waiver, and they, 
and they decide if they're going to sign you at the, at the end of those three days. So you practice with the team, get reps, and then they decide if they're going to sign you. So this is uh, this is in two, this is in 2013. So uh, like the summer of 2013. So I go down to Cleveland. I go through day three. Come through, coach. Uh, the head coach called me in the office. He was like, "We're not gonna be able to. We're not gonna be able to uh, sign you, but I want you to stick around for the game this weekend. Depending on what happened, then we we may uh, we may sign you." So Sunday comes. So they they lost. They lost Saturday. Sunday comes, we go eat team dinner, come back. I had uh, text Coach Seleska. I was like, did uh, Coach Tun tell you anything? And he was like, uh, let me check with him. So then he was like, Don, I don't think we're going to be able to sign you. Coach will be over to explain. So Coach come in the room, he was like, I wouldn't hesitate to sign you at all, but I want to go with the guys that we've been uh, – that, that we've been having. So when you go to these workouts or you go to these, you're paying for this, like you're paying for like, uh, you're paying for like flights and stuff to get to these places, like out of your own money. So I told him, give me a couple of days so I can get situated. He said, no worries. You're good. He was like, you can even come to practice this week. You know, I went back to practice that next week, went back to practice. I, I would be like, after practice, I would work out with the, the guy who's the backup quarterback at the, at the time. And I would work out with him every, every day. They wind up winning the game Saturday. Coach brought me in. That was either Sunday or Monday, and signed me. So at the time, they actually had two games of the season left. So I didn't play in. I didn't play uh, in the, the last home game. We went down to Utah. There's a position in the arena football. It's called Jack linebacker. It's almost like a little uh, a linebacker slash DB, but you like to have a certain area that you have to cover. So in practice, I was taking some some reps at defensive back too. And it was like, we're going to start him at Jack uh, linebacker. And one week, uh, I wound up getting like two interceptions in practice that week uh, of. And um, it was like, we're going to start him at Jack, and then he's going to rotate in that receiver. So I wound up when we went down to Utah, we lost the game by two points. I played Jack the whole game. I didn't even get no burn that, uh, at receiver. But I wound up having 10 tackles and a fumble recovery. I never played linebacker a day in my life, but I didn't I didn't even care. I played linebacker <laughs> and special teams. I just wanted to, I just wanted to opportunity. Play. So now I was at the point, I was at the point where, like, whenever you finish the season is over, it's so hard to find a job sometimes. So in this time, like, I didn't find a job. Like, I couldn't find a job until October. So when October came, I was I was assistant manager at Hibbert Sports at the Nargate Mall in Lafayette, Louisiana. So I'm, I'm working at Hibbert, and I'm like, man, unless I get, like, a, like something that's reasonable, a reasonable opportunity, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to chill and just work. And if I got a real good job, I'm just chill. The last minute, it was like around, this was October, so around January, I got a call from the uh, guy I know named Dylan Sanders. He used to, uh, like, recruit, and he was a, he was a coach at the time for Utah State. And um, he, he hit me up on Facebook, and he was like, uh, Colorado was looking for some receivers, so him and the head coach were like going they were going back and they were going back and forth uh and he was like you think that we can get this guy and then was like uh maybe so because they needed a guy that could be man-to-man coverage so they was like man go get me the best man of man to man guy so he got in contact with me and i i, I wound up signing so i wound up going telling my coach uh my uh wound up telling uh my manager joe at the time that i was going back and play ball so i wound up going to colorado playing ball have fun I wound up uh, one of the games we played uh, against uh, the Green Bay Blizzard. I tied the indoor record with five touchdowns in one game. Right now, it's nobody has had six yet in the league. 
six receiving touchdowns, there's 12 players that's tied with the with the uh, with the five touchdown record right now mm-hmm. in the re- in the record book, and I'm and I'm one of them. So uh, after Colorado, after Colorado, I came back home. Um, I was living in New Iberia, Louisiana at the time, and uh, I wound up being the wide receivers coach at Westgate High School, my old uh, my old high school. Um, I wound up there, and I put in a, a application. I did a like an application for um, for AT and T, an AT and T call center, current job that I work at right now. Uh, so I put an application uh, over there, and I wound up signing with the the Iowa Barnstormers at the time. This was 2014, but it was going to be 2015. 2014, 2015, I was going to be playing with Iowa in 2015. So in January, I went down to Mobile. I went down to Mobile. I I did a CFL workout. I did this uh, workout in between the time me running the 40, got 20 seconds in to run the 40. I like tore my hamstring. Mm-hmm. Like I tore my hamstring. I just felt like a little ripping sensation in my hamstring. So, um, so after that, uh, I was at home. I rehabbed it. I rehabbed it and got myself back where I could, I could, I could, I could function probably. And um, I was talking to my coach. Got myself back right. So in between the time for me going to going to Iowa, um, Spokane Shop, which was in the Arena Football League at the time, the big arena league, they called me. So uh, Spokane brought me into camp. Uh, I told the trainer at the time, I told him, I was like, I, I had a hamstring injury. I want you to wrap my uh, hamstring. But there's this new, there's this stuff that's called like some Kinesi tape. He put that on it instead. So I was running a route at one time. Like I got myself warmed up. I was good. I was good. Feeling good. I ran a route and tweaked it. Tweaked it again. And I wasn't the same doing camp. And I just, I basically was playing on one leg through camp and I just fought it. Coach told me, uh, he's like, I should have told him something about it, but it wouldn't have, I, I honestly don't believe it would have helped me because I had to be out there. You got three, you got three wide receiver positions and 13 receivers in camp. So me sitting out wouldn't go, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I, fought, I just fought and did whatever I, I could, I could do through it. And uh, something that I got, I got cut. But in between that time, I had interviewed for the AT&T job and I got it. So I was just basically I was going through the interviewing process. And since then, uh, I got the AT&T job and I've been at the I've been at the call center. I've been at the AT&T call center since uh, March of 2015. So I've been at AT&T call center. And I still had man, I had the passion and never I never lost the drive to, to play ball, but. I felt that I have two kids. I have a two-year-old son and a ten-year-old daughter that uh, I I sacrificed a lot. Uh, so I just told me if I got a real good job, I was gonna put football on hold. And I hadn't played ball since since uh, really since 2015, really since 2014. But I worked out and went to camps for teams in in 2015, and uh, that itch never went never went nowhere. And uh, um, never went, never, never wound up in uh, Iowa that year. So I was just working at AT and T, working at AT and T. And this year, around July, I started my, I started a person, I started a personal training business. Started a personal training business. Uh, it started off by I actually went to my old high school, trained a couple of kids for free, and I just got the footage, and that's all I, I wanted the footage so people could actually see that was more important. Before, and I put it out there. 
in a kid. Then uh, some people started looking at it, and one of my fraternity brothers that work at uh, Broadmoor High School, he got with the head coach. They seen me, and they brought me in to train. Like it was like uh, to train a football team. So I went and trained them, and it's been taking off, uh, taking off uh, ever since, and getting better. So majority of my clients right now, because during football season, the majority of my athletes are football players. So it wasn't really too much uh, during during football season. I could only really train them on the weekends because they were so busy. Yeah, school during the week. Yeah, I filmed Saturday morning, so it wasn't really much that we can do uh, in season. So. It was it got slow. So majority of people that I was training, I was training ladies, trying to like tone up and get in shape. That's majority of what I'm doing. I just train around my I train around my schedule uh, right right now. But I've been having that that itch for football, and I kept myself in shape. Got myself in shape. Did a workout. Hit some teams up, and I signed with Iowa. So I'm going to actually give it give it one more shot. And uh, I had been another thing I didn't mention. I've been working on working on a, a book, my yeah. autobiography, um, uh, called "Never Give Up: The Donald Fusilier Story." And some of the stuff I share with you, it'll be in a, it'll be in a, it'll be in a book. It'll just be more in, in depth. But been working on that. It's been a little. It's actually been a little minute because life and just doing different stuff. I haven't I haven't written. Uh, haven't written in a while, but it's still in the it's still in the works, and I and I plan on finish finishing it, finishing up so I can get it out there because my story needs to be told. That's it. How old are you now? I'm 33 years old right now. Oh, so you still got a couple more years in, right? Yeah, I'm, 30, I'm 33 years old, and the, and the thing is, unlike some guys that went to big school, I'm like not the traditional person who would be 33 that like guys went to four year schools and got their body banged up. I didn't have like like I don't have a, like really no you know what I'm saying my body's not beat up to I'm still like got you know what I'm saying I still can I still can play. Is your hamstring at, okay? At a, at a high level, huh? Your hamstring okay now? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm good. That was back in 2015. My hamstring is great. I'm I'm good. You know I'm saying so. Why is football so important to you? It's just since I was small, man. It was just in football. Football teach you so many life lessons. Like you, you, you come together with guys with multiple different personalities, and it's just I've always been passionate about it since I was small. Like I, I love it. So what's some things he taught you? Um, how when like when stuff get when stuff get when stuff get difficult when stuff get difficult. You can't just walk away from it. You gotta know how to. You gotta know how to handle it. And football, football shows a, a lot of guys. I love it uh, because it, it shows the guys a lot of a lot of life lessons. When you can come together with guys that have multiple different personalities to to have one one common goal, it's like it's nothing greater. And like I've been on, I've been on two championship teams. I won one semi pro and I won one indoor championship. And those teams was we we were very close knit. Very, very close knit. It's like we spent time outside of outside of football. That's the team that actually win. That actually gel, and rather than having clicks and different stuff, and they make a they make a big they make a big difference. But Ooh. I'm just very passionate about it. I enjoy helping people, and ultimately, whenever I whenever I'm done playing ball, like I wanna I wanna coach and continue and continue training. Who's your favorite player? My favorite player growing up, my favorite player of all time is Deion Sanders. Deion Primetime Sanders. It's crazy that I'm a I'm a receiver by trade. I played some uh, DB, but the majority of my favorite players were uh, were defensive players. Okay. Deion yeah. Sanders and Sean Taylor. So when we uh, when did the season start for Iowa this year? Iowa starts in February. Um, I actually contacted the league and they the the um, they're gonna be putting out the schedule. 
earlier this week, so I'm looking around Tuesday or Wednesday, and then I'll know something from my actual coach. But I'll be leaving mid to end of January, but the season will start mid-February. So what made you keep going? Morning, like you said, you had, a lot of, you had a lot of setbacks. What made you keep going? I just never I, – I, I didn't have – you're talking to a kid that never got not one offer in high school. Like, no, not one offer. I, I believe in myself. And I believe if you if you set out to do something and you just give up on it, then you don't know. I feel like if I didn't if I didn't give it this this last go around, I would be seventy years old and it would be on my conscience and I can't live like that. Are you still going for the NFL and CFL or you NFL CFL, yes, CFL, NFL. Yeah, I'm still going for the NFL CFL. Actually one of the um one of the coaches when I was at Lindenwood in St. Charles, he was a defensive base coach. He coaches. He, he's one of the coaches that coaches for the Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders. So I'm hopefully I'm hoping that I get that I get opportunity. I'm gonna give it my all. I've been putting myself. This has actually been the best the best off season that I've had as far as taking care of my body. And I think me being a trainer now, like I know more about the body and stuff like that. And like I'm I'm having I'm putting myself in position to be to be successful this year. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm hungry. A third like. I'm hungry, like a guy just coming out of just coming out of college. Like I'm hungry. I ain't never been given nothing. So when I when I'm going against somebody, I'm trying to I'm trying to destroy them. Like that's just my mentality. Yeah, what do you think about the uh, the kneeling situation right now? The kneeling situation. I think that uh, the people who not for the who not for the cause have tried to turn it into uh, something being about the flag, but it's not about the flag because. The, the words that the flag, the flag rep- represent, are not being uh, portrayed. Like, and I think the kneeling wasn't to disrespect the flag. The kneeling was so people can start, you know what I'm saying, taking a look at these injustices that are that are going on. It's almost like the stuff that is going on. It's like if you're getting recorded, you're more likely to get off yeah. when they see it. It's yeah. crazy, and it's people, people with no guns in their hands are getting killed. Then um, no type of guns, and you're trained to you're trained in a certain way. If you're trained the right way, there's no way somebody that don't have a gun should be should be dying. <laughs> and then even uh, with Bob McNair, remember the Houston owner? He was saying, "Who's like, the owner?" He just sent yeah. That guy so to now I feel like it's getting to where like they basically it's kind of like they getting all that money, but you're still a slave. So you can't talk, you can't say nothing. It just go out there and, and play. So many guys, shut up. <laughs> People like Muhammad Ali and, and guys like that, and people people like that's in our Black History books, did so much for the opportunities, did so much right now for the opportunities to be, and these guys right now actually have the opportunities. But to me, I understand they got families they got to feed, and it's like, and it's hard to determine, especially if you like a guy who's just on the cusp, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's people, okay, you got people like LeBron James, you got people that's like the big time people that's actually speaking up, that's actually saying something. Not by one bit that I'm racist. And, uh, one bit. I would like to see like uh, uh, one of the, you know what I'm saying, guys actually not just uh, hold somebody's hand, step up and say that's wrong. Me and you. Yeah, like you never, back. like that's the thing too. It's like you was my friend. all this you stuff going friend. on, none of the white people saying nothing. None of the white you, people. Me and you as friends, we had a certain, let's say we had the same type of beliefs. If something ain't wrong, it's still wrong. If we do something, I should better come to you and say, no matter what we believe, that's wrong, man. So this should be done right. We're not seeing that. Right. So if you're not saying that, you're just as part of the problem. 
And then I want and you. Another thing, what I don't like either is these these blacks, uh, like turning on each other. Like you know what I'm saying? It's oh like, yeah, like, uh, like, like Ray Lewis they and stuff. Them and then they saying bad stuff like when Michael Vick said well, his wife got on him and said that he uh he cut his uh the cap need to cut his hair. Yeah, but the, even I, I was just looking at that like how they how the media try to portray stuff because I'm like. Why are you asking Michael Vick about Colin Kaepernick? He's like, Michael Vick is a convict. Like, that's like legit. Like, you in jail for some shit you didn't supposed to do. Colin yeah. Kaepernick ain't do nothing. He's so why y'all even comparing bro. them like they equal? They ain't equal. So that's why it's like, it's funny how they how they try to play over it. That's how they do it. You can't fall into that trap, bro. They fall in that trap. You're in the interview. They're going to ask you something like that. You better be quiet. They're going to they gonna use your words against you. And the media twisted to where they they going to portray us with anything. It's like if I had the intent. Like, you don't know my intent inside my heart unless I actually tell you what the God honest truth, what that intent is. People take it how they want to take it. They'll take your words and twist it. But I wanted you, I wanted you to talk about, like, so how much money do y'all make in the league and stuff? It ain't a lot. It's a game check. <laughs> is it a game check or is it like yeah, you month, get, month, So basically they house you. They basically they, house, they basically they house you. Like, you get free housing. Um, you you get like two to three meals, and you get a uh, and you get a you get a game you get a game you get a game check. But the the big part about it is majority of it like a lot of guys that come out they like uh, they're not humble enough to they they have the NFL dreams, but they'll take like these indoor leagues and be like I want to play I want to play in the NFL is disrespectful. But there's some guys it's better to be playing in the indoor league than to be sitting at home and not playing because after a while I don't care how good your film is. If you just sat out, they're like, oh, we want to see what you can do right now. We want to see what you can do right now. So you got to be humble enough to – and them guys come in the indoor league and get and get the business. But like, I say, what about that uh, – you saw that flag football league? Like the one with, like, Vince Young and, like, Michael B. I seen, I seen that, but I haven't – I only seen something the first week and I never seen nothing else uh, about it because uh, Michael Vickner was playing in that. Yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to do it for NFL guys. See, it's just not a lot. A lot of stuff for guys who like on the cuffs or given opportunity. Is a lot of it is just I was just a kid, man. I was like a diamond in the rough, went underneath the radar, but I didn't let I didn't let my circumstances stop me. Well, people don't realize I graduated high school in 2002. When I played with that uh, semi-pro team, you know that was 2008. I didn't get on the field to 2008. Mm. I got on the when I was at Victor Valley. I was 24 years old. Like I played in there, like considered a freshman on that football football field. Was I was twenty four years old. Like it's just, I just have a like a, a never die attitude. Like I'm gonna be successful. I'm not gonna let somebody tell me what I'm not gonna be able to do. I'm, I'm gonna prove it. But with my with my work ethic, like, you remind me of that uh, that show, like the last chance. You that's a, and then, like them shows like that. That's kind of yeah. what I'm talking to you. I think the shows like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and uh, I heard about last chance. You, I never really looked at. It. I just heard about it, it as like a. Guy, the guy at the, the school in Mississippi, he taking uh taking chances on some guys that that may have like may have had like at some point didn't do something the right way, where there's character or something. Yeah, from another, well, actually, well, I'm, another I'm from that place. I'm not. I'm like uh that place. Like when I was in high school, that was our junior college we went to. So it's like oh okay. Was, was that coach there at the time? School of Tech. No, nah, he wasn't there when we. He wasn't there. Nah. Yes. Yeah, I'm from actually like close to Mississippi State. I actually live in Columbus. It's like 20 minutes from Mississippi State. Oh, okay. I know I live in I live in, I live in Baron I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Alright. So what would you want to tell anybody that, that uh heard your story? What's what's the lesson to take from it? Take home. 
that you you can't that no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your circumstances is, 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 is no is no excuse not to be successful. Like you can't like there, there's so many people I see opportunities and I'm like, man, I give my right arm to have that to have that same opportunity. You got to make the best of your opportunities, no matter what it is. Somebody give you a a bag of chips and you got to make steak and potatoes out of it. Like you got to make the best out of your opportunities. Have a positive attitude. I, I always sell my kids on grades first. I don't never sell them their student athletes. Sell them on grades and try to like build build great men because that's where it starts from. Yeah, who was the best player you ever played with? The best player I ever played with. Play with or talent most talented. <laughs> let me see. Yeah. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think about it for a second. That year I was at Lindenwood, man. We had some studs, man. Oh uh, man. Let me see. Best player I played with. But that's hard to determine. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to it's hard it's hard to determine. It's crazy because when some of these indoor teams and I got on these teams and I'm seeing some of the guys that went to like big name schools that got like uh that and got like NFL opportunities and stuff like that and they ain't the best ones. Get in there, they either you get in there and you just realize, bro, a lot of guys don't have a lot of guys at the professional uh level don't have like great work ethics. Then you talking about when you say indoor, you talking about like arena, right? Arena, yeah, yeah. Okay. What what see the, the only thing that separates indoor and arena is the rules. What's the difference? Okay, so they both okay, so they both eight on eight. So Arena league allows like it's basically it's three on three. You got three wide receivers, you got three linemen, quarterback, and um, it's three on three, and only one guy can go in motion. The indoor the indoor league, the IFL, is almost like outdoor football. It's eight on eight, but it's almost like outdoor football. You can have four DBs in the I in the AFL. Majority of everything is like it's almost man to man. But in the in the IFL, you actually got four. You got four D. You got four DBs, and it's just the rules would make it. Uh, it would make it uh different. You got two guys that can go in motion. Still the same. The Does same. it feel smaller or is it the same? Nah, they both they both fifty yards with the wall around. They both uh fifty. Now some of the games can be. You can have some high score games, but it's more. You can I think you, you can play more defense in the in the indoor football league because you can actually have four four DBs and it gets a little tighter inside there. But yes. And what's your social media? Um on on Instagram, uh the team fuse camp. Mm -hmm. Twitter is the same thing, the team fuse camp. And my, my Facebook is T H E the uh, capital T H E is, is capital T H E and then team is the team is first and then the back of it is Fuse Camp. Like my last name is Fuse Camp. All right, man. I want to say thank you for coming through politics with me. Man, I appreciate. I appreciate you, man. I, I really uh, do, man. I when uh, he sent me the information and told me the time that you were going to be Moby, told me the time that you were going to be interviewing me. And I actually, when I was at work, I had some time, and I actually went and like Googled and find like the page and looked and seen. I was like, you didn't interview some big, some big time people. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate thanks. you, man. I, I want to say, man. I wish you the best. I hope it keeps going for you. And if uh, CFL, if that happens, hit me up again so we can, we got to keep tracking you, seeing how you're doing. 
Yeah, you can. Uh, you know, I'm, you can uh, follow me. Follow me, uh, and I, I follow. I'll follow you back and keep up with me, man. I'm. I'm. I'm going to give it. Give it my all, man. I'm. I'm. I'm hungry, man. Like, like I, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs>